1958, this church was established. 1958, established by a man by the name of Zeb Holder. And uh, he and his wife pastored the church for, for quite a few years. The church was building began at close to the airport. It's called Airport Road down off of 70. And we moved from that location to Holloway Street. There was a building there that the Jewish people met in. It was called the Old Jewish Synagogue. It was empty. Uh, we purchased that building and we moved into that building. It was not one of the nicest buildings in the world, but it was okay. Brother Morris, he, he fired up that furnace every when it was cold, every Saturday night. And uh, he, kept, he kept us warm. But it, it was a big, big building. Then in 1963, after falling in love with Brother Holder's daughter, my wife and I got married. And today we have been married for 56 years. Would you stand up, Sister <laughs> I don't know if you're clapping for me, for her, or both of us. You're probably clapping for her because she stayed with me all these 56 years. It has been wonderful. Uh, I would encourage you to, uh, to pray about who you're going to live all those years with and marry the right kind of person. And because I'll tell you something, I love her more now than I ever have loved her. And uh, we've had a beautiful, beautiful relationship, two children, seven grandchildren, and uh, it's been wonderful. We, we believe in longevity here, 56 years married, over 50 years passing in the same church, and uh, I'm living a long time. I'm, what am I, 60? Again, thank you for coming. It's so good to have everyone in the house of the Lord today. And one of the things I'd like to say, we're going to have two papers to give out. Last week we gave out, <clears throat> the topic was five reasons believers don't walk in the power and authority they have in Christ. Today we're going to be dealing with unbelief. And so Brother Steve has both of these, or someone back there, these two guys, I believe it is, have, have both of these. And if you do not have last week's, I want you to have it, but especially I want you to have today's dealing with unbelief. Raise your hand and they'll make sure. Well, we're going to take time to do this. So just make sure that everyone has an outline. I, last, well, we've been on the study of power and authority. Power and authority. They're two different things power and authority. Power is the ability to do something. Authority is the right to do that something. And of course, you go in, in a lot more detail into the definition of what they are. But uh, it's imparted power and authority to his disciples. And then in Acts chapter 2, the early church, not just disciples, but the early church received that power and that authority. And uh, so it is for us today... And then I list uh, five things that uh, believers don't operate in that power and authority. And I'm going to go through these real briefly now, and then I'm going to go back up and get on to today's sermon. 
Why don't people walk and live in that authority? Number one is because of sin. And we dealt with this extensively last week, so I won't today. Number two, I believe a lot of it has to do with ignorance. A lot of people just don't know. Hey, you have power and you have authority through and by the power of God, the uh, blessings of Jesus Christ, the name of the Lord. Another reason is unbelief, and that's what we're going to be, uh, be working on today. Uh, unbelief is a serious sin. The book of Hebrews calls us unbelief sinful. Jesus, and we find this in the scripture, could not do his mighty miracles in certain places because of unbelief. Doubt is not unbelief, but it can become unbelief. Uh, there's not a person here, I don't believe that, that, that at times we don't struggle with doubt properly and possibly we struggle with unbelief. Mother Teresa said, I have never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. And that's what God asks us to do. You and I is to trust in him. Not only unbelief, and we'll get to these later, is fear. A lot of people are afraid they're wondering, should I give a message? They're wondering, should I interpret a message? They're wondering, should I lay hands on the sick because I don't know if they will recover or not? Should I operate in the nine gifts of the Spirit? All of these things, sometimes if we're not careful, we allow fear and, and intimidation to, to hinder us. And then uh, prayerlessness. Look at your outline for today, if you will. I want to read some scripture, and I think it's just very important. I love God's word, and I hope you do too. And I would encourage you to take the outlines home. And during the week, study this. I know some of our classes are doing that or are going to do that, and uh, it would certainly be a blessing to you. Mark chapter 9, read with me, if you will, verses 14 through 29. And when he came to... The disciples. Now understand this started off the ninth chapter did with Jesus, Peter, James, and John being on the mount or going to the mount of transfiguration. And there Jesus glowed. There Jesus was uh, glorified. And just a great experience, experience on that mountain. Well, they're coming down from the... Here they are. Wonderful experience. Now they're coming down to the valley where there's, there's some battles to be fought. And uh, let me read it. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when, he saw, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. Now, some of the commentaries believe that Jesus still glowed. As you remember, on that mount, Jesus' face glowed. And uh, his appearance was white. It was just a great experience. And some people believe that he still glowed <clears throat> when he came down. I'm not too sure. Because he told his disciples not to tell anyone about this experience. But whatever it was, they were uh, greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. 
Now Mark really describes this in, in great detail, what happened to this son and how he reacted when this evil spirit would manifest in his life. So I spoke, the father said, so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. I asked myself, is this where the church is today? Is the church able to cast out demons and devils? Are we able to see people delivered from all kind of addictions? Are we able to see marriages healed and demonic powers broken in people's lives? They could not, he said, verse 19. He answered him and said, oh, this is Jesus, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Verse 21. So he asked his father, how long has it been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Listen to what the father says about his son. And often he has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. The thief cometh not but to do what? To kill, steal, kill, and destroy that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to do that to you. The devil desires to destroy your marriage, to destroy your home, to destroy your life, to destroy your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what Satan wants to do to you. But if you can, now notice, notice what he says. Notice the two ifs. They're very important. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to them, if, here's the other if. The father said, if you can. Jesus says, if you can. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Have you cried that out at times? Have you, has that been the cry of your heart? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Notice Jesus did not uh, deride the person, this, this father. He was kind. He had compassion on him. He understood what he was saying. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Death and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. So I just say amen. Don't go back at him. This is it. This is it. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. Verse 27, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Now, this is an important verse, verse 28. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Fasting is not used in the original text. It's simply in some translation says, this kind cometh out only by 
prayer. Only by prayer. Notice your notes. The crowd brought a speechless boy to Jesus. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, the spirit has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Sad, sad commentary on this father and his son. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can believe or if you are able, all things, are, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. Pray with me if you will. Father, I am so thankful, Lord, that you have spoken to our heart through your word. I ask, dear God, that you would uh, open our ears, but open our hearts also, that we might understand, that we might be able to comprehend what thus saith the Lord. Speak this to our hearts. Manifest your power here today and your presence and your love and kindness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I, I stand behind this pulpit today in awe, and I mean that. Because I, I want the church today, we're living in a sad time. Uh, we're living in a, a, a careless, ungodly time as far as the United States and the world is concerned. And the church needs to express the power and the authority that it's been given. It does. We need to see demons cast out. Now listen, I'm not going to give... Credit to the devil and demons. I'm not going to dwell much on that as far as that's concerned. But I believe that there are demonic activities. What will make a person take a gun and kill 25 people? It's demonic. And, and we could go on and on and on and about the lifestyle of people in our country today. So I stand here today asking God to speak to us concerning this message. First of all, there is restoration. Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. Jesus finds none of his disciples arguing with some teachers of religious law. A distraught father had brought his demonized son, deaf and dumb, for the disciples to heal, but they could not cast out the demon. The boy had been possessed. I want you to get a picture of this family. Often, the demon had caused him to be thrown into the fire and into the water. The boy had been possessed since childhood and often thrown into the fire and into the water. Jesus heals him. Here the man cries out to God. Jesus is saying, if you believe, and I believe he would say to you and I, if you believe, whatever you believe, what you believe in Christ, God will touch you and minister to you. Look at number two. And this is the cry that maybe you're crying today. Maybe you're hurting today. Maybe it's because of the family. Maybe it's because you may be here today and you may be lost. You may be here today and you may be suffering in your body. And you'll cry out to God if you will. Like Brother Larry said earlier, all you need to do is ask God and ask Jesus Christ to come in and he will. No matter what your need is, Jesus will hear your cry. Jesus took him from fear. I love this. He took him from frustration. He took him from despair. Where are we at today? 
Where are you at in your walk with God? Where are you at in your life today? He took him from frustration, despair, doubt, and faltering faith to a place of trust. Notice he also, if you will, in a face-to-face encounter with Jesus, his faith began to grow. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I have doubt, but I need your help to strengthen me today. Jesus still takes us where we are in our spiritual life and brings us to an intimate love relationship with him. I want you to to notice one thing. Jesus is not here to put anyone down. He is not here because you're struggling to say to you, why don't you believe? Jesus is here to lift you up, to speak a peace to your heart, to speak tranquility to your heart. Now, Jesus, uh, of course, ministered to the young man. He was healed. He was delivered from these evil spirits. And uh, he gave him back to his father. Can you imagine the happiness and the joy of this father receiving a healed and delivered son? How about your son and your daughter? How about your grandson and your granddaughter? How about your loved one? Would you like to see them healed? They can be. They will be. If you'll believe and trust in God. When they got into the house and the disciples said to Jesus, why could not we cast him out? And that's what I want to dwell on this morning. Why can't we as a church see the things happen that happened in the early church? What's happened to the church today? Why is the church weak? Listen, we see miracles. Probably you and I see miracles every day. We see the manifestation of the Spirit of God. We see authority and power exercise. We see those things. But I believe there needs to be a greater manifestation of the Spirit of God. Now, if you ask yourself or ask the church or ask the preacher, why could we not cast him out? Jesus had given them this power and authority. And that power, I love this, and authority has never been rescinded. Some people says it stopped with the early church. It did not. The church today, if we believe the church today and follow these directions, the church today will still have that same power. Look at Mark chapter 3. And he went up on a mountain and called to him those He himself wanted, and they came to him. Look at verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And what? To have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Look at 6 and 7. And he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. And then in Mark chapter 6 verse 13, and they cast out many demons and anointed with all many who were sick and healed them all. No question about that Jesus Christ gave those 12 disciples. And then if you read the book of Acts, gave the followers of Jesus Christ. In fact, he says to him that believeth. How many of you are believers today? Let me see your hand. 
wow, wow. Practically every hand went up in this building today. All of us are believers. It's not just the pastor. It's, just, it's not just the evangelist or the television ministers. It's every person that is a believer and that will dare to trust God. Say amen. It's for each and every one. Why could we not look at, uh, if you will, John chapter 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, there it is, if you believe in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because what? I go to my Father. He wasn't saying that just to Peter and James and John. He wasn't saying that just to the Apostle Paul. He wasn't saying that to some great preacher standing behind the pulpit, ministering. He was saying that to every believer. You have the power. You have the, the, the authority. You have the ability. And you have the right. Listen, the devil will tell you, you're not living good enough. You're not close enough to the Lord. You don't have a right. I'm here to tell you, you do have a right. You do have a right. That's a good place. Amen. You do have a right. Now, let's deal with the reasons why that they could not cast out these demons. And I want, as we go through these few steps, I want you to, to, to look at yourself and see where that you're lacking, we're lacking, that we cannot see the manifestation of this great power and the authority that God wants us to have. First of all, there was lack of faith. Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, this is another account of the writer uh, of Matthew writing concerning the same account. Because of your unbelief, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be. Are you sure that's right? Impossible with you. If you have faith. And it was their lack of faith that they have. Additional communion with God is required to gain that additional level of faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17, faith cometh by what? You're good students. Faith cometh by hearing. Is that, is, is that hearing some, uh, some politician? Huh? Is that hearing just some neighbor speak? No. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to exercise faith? You want to have faith to see people delivered and set free by the power of God? Then we must know God's word. That's the reason I tell you, read the Bible. Read it with several translations. Read it over and over and, and, and get it into your spirit because that's where faith comes. Faith comes by uh, hearing the word of God. So one reason they could not is because of their lack of faith. The church needs to commune with God, have a personal relationship with God in order to be able to have the faith to exercise that faith to see mighty things done. Number two, we're powerless because we are prayerless. 
I want that to sink in because it's very important. He straightforward said, you could not cast these demons out because you didn't pray. You needed to pray. We have prayer here. I thank God. But I believe in praying at home. The Bible says go into your closet or go into a secret place. Shut the door. We have prayer here, prayer here Sunday morning. We turn one of our office buildings into a nice prayer room. And uh, it's wonderful to go in there and pray. I was walking down the hall earlier today and I heard voice in there calling out to God. And it sort of pulled me in there. And we began to pray. I encourage you to pray. We had prayer here on Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock. I encourage you to pray. We began a prayer during ministers in prayer. There's about 40 ministers that meet every Tuesday morning at 9.30 at Day Spring Church on 9th Street. And guess what we do there? We don't talk politics. We talk a little bit, but we, we spend time in prayer for over 20 years. And there's about 15 to 20 every Tuesday morning that come to pray. Joining together, believing God, praying for this city. I believe God's going to send a revival to Durham, North Carolina. How many of you know Durham needs prayer? This city needs prayer. And we pray and we pray and we believe God for over 20 years. And I don't believe, listen to me, I don't believe one prayer that's been prayed in that church has ever fallen to the ground unheard. God always answers prayer. Maybe not like the way we want him to, but he always hears us. And he always, he always answers prayer. Nothing but prayer will overcome the most difficult of circumstances. Brother Larry said something this morning that's very important. If we're not careful, when trouble comes, when there's a great need, the first thing we do is go to someone else or go to the bank or go to, we're here. Listen, the first thing we need to do is pray in fact, it's good to get on your knees and pray, to go before the Lord and pray. Nothing, let me read it again, but prayer will overcome the most difficult needs. We must get along with God. I love this statement. Knowing Him in an intimate love relationship, there will be a, de if we don't, there will be a deficiency of power. You know what this father was willing to do? He was willing to confess his weakness. Lord, I believe, but... On the other hand, I struggle. And maybe we all do. I know I do at times when we pray and when we come to God and we don't see things happening like they should. I struggle and I wonder why. I wonder why this one's healed and this one's not healed. I wonder why. Rick Jones called me the other day. His wife, Laura, was in the hospital. And some of the loved ones are here today. He said, Brother Don, I want to ask you and the elders, if you will, to bring all up and pray for my wife. So Brother Matt and Brother Larry and myself, we took a bottle of oil and we went to Duke Hospital. We anointed Lori and we prayed over her. And I'm going to tell you, there's not a man here, not a person here that won't testify to the fact that the power of God was in that room. She was crying and the Lord just lifted her and blessed her. And we knew that God had moved. Oh my God. It wasn't long before she passed away. Do I understand that? No. I don't understand it. 
Did God not love Lori? Oh, yes. Well, she, listen, she was a saint of God, a precious, precious believer. And then we've laid our hands on others, and we watched them delivered and set free. I've seen people here. I've, I've, seen, I've seen cancers fall off of people. Yeah. I've seen people heal of all kinds of diseases. Then I've prayed for people. So this father's struggle, do we struggle? Take it to the Lord. If you don't understand it, say, God, I don't understand this, but I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll give you a peace. I was talking with Rick yesterday. He was telling me how God was blessing him. Is he hurting? Yes. Is he sad? Yes. But in spite of all of that, God gives a peace in the midst of the storm. Can you say amen? He does that for us. And we can take our weaknesses to the Lord. Then I believe uh, they were banking, these disciples were banking on today's victories <laughs> on the basis of yesterday's powers. And I believe one reason they hadn't prayed is because they said, hey, because they had just gone out, excuse me, <coughs> they had just gone out and prayed with, for people that were demon-possessed. And they came back and they were rejoicing, listen to me, and they told Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. <coughs> okay, I'll deal with a cough Tickle in my throat first. Are you praying for me? Come on. Oh, God. Get that tickle out of it. Get that tickle out of it. They had gone out and, and, and had come back and, and they were rejoicing because they said even the demons were subject to us. Well, you know, this happened yesterday. This happened last week. We were able to cast out demons last week and it's going to happen today. We just... Lean back on our Lord's and say, it's, 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 it's already done. It's already done. No, you and I have to be consistent and have a lifestyle of prayer. Yesterday's prayer is not going to suffice for the day. You and I need to pray every day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Call on the name of the Lord. Call out to God. Gather somewhere. Have a specific place to pray. So when you get there, you don't feel like praying. You know by you being simply being there that you're calling on God in earnest with God. <coughs> don't be like these disciples banking on today's victory on the basis of yesterday's power. Now, I'm going to end with this. Because I think it's very important that we understand this last one. Look at number four. We have a tendency to be self-reliant instead of God-reliant. When they got into the house, <coughs> they asked Jesus, why, listen to me, try to focus on what I'm saying. They asked Jesus, why could we not cast him out? Why couldn't we do it? When I need money, why can't I get it from the bank? Why can't we do it? We rely on ourselves too much. And I think this is where America is today, relying on our own ability and our own sufficiency. 
That's a good place rather to say amen. They were relying, perhaps overconfident from their early success. The disciples became enamored with their own gifts. They came, became enamored with their own abilities and neglected to draw on divine power. God help us. Help us to realize, Lord, I can't do this myself. I don't have the ability. I can't heal you today. I can't do for you today what God Almighty can do. But I know if I'll call on God and I'll spend time before the Lord and allow his gifts to operate in my life, it will happen. Jesus spent much time in prayer. And the reason why, he prayed to the Father that these things would happen in his life and there was no problem. These men could not see the manifestation of God, number one, I believe, because of a lack of faith. Number two, because uh, of the lack of prayer. Number three, because they depended on yesterday's power to work today. And number three, because they depended on themselves. Ask yourself, am I in one of these areas? Is this where I am? Am I relying on my own abilities? We've got a nice church. It's a great church. And oh boy, we've got good people in the church. And if we need something, we can get it done. Lord, we cry out to you today. We call on you today. That you'll help us. Bow your heads, please, if you will. Ask yourself, are we doing any measurable impact in our community today, in our world today, at our work today? Am I having, an, having a spiritual impact on those I come in contact with? Is God's spirit operating in my life enough to where he speaks to me? and reveals to me the needs of others. And then I can lay my hands on them and then I can pray for them and then I can stand in the gap for them and then I can be a light to them and see their lives changed. Oh God, our, the church needs to have an impact on the world today, on your world, on my world. Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for speaking to our hearts, dear God. I thank you, Lord, because we do have that power and we do have that authority. Forgive us, Lord, of our lack of faith. Lord, even weak faith, even the seed planted into the ground can be mighty. Help us to exercise that faith. Help us to speak forth that faith. Help us to stand on that faith. And then I pray, dear God, you help us with our prayer life. God, one of the hardest things if we're not careful to do is pray. We're too busy. We don't take time. God, help us and forgive us of our slackness in our prayer life. Then, dear God, I pray that you'd help us with living on last year's experience, yesterday's experience, 
thinking because I had it then, I have it today. Lord, help us to realize it's an everyday relationship with you. It's an everyday walk with you. Speak to our heart. Stir our hearts here today. Help us to care for our neighbors and our loved ones and those that surround us. And then, dear God, do I put confidence in my own flesh, my own self, my, my own abilities. I can do this myself. Lord, we may not say we can do it without you, but we act like that. We might not say it in words, but Lord, the way we live and the way we act, we act less like we can get along without you. But Lord, we can't. How we need you. Lord, I want to say to you today that I want to surrender to you. Surrender everything I have.